Welcome to Today in Space. I am your space science podcast host from the East Coast, Alex Giorfanos, and this is episode 306. We've got a few things to talk about in our last episode of April. We're going to be talking about uh, iSpace attempting their lunar landing, and our Starman helmet, our 3D printed Starman helmet, has returned from its time uh, celebrating Yuri's Night with Space United FC. We're going to talk about all that, and we'll start this episode by talking about a fantastic science music fusion that we were able to attend called the Black Hole Symphony. Really fun, and it's touring the U.S., so make sure to check it out. This is Today in Space. Thanks for joining us. folks we're here so we were talking about the black hole symphony so this is something that actually started in boston i i didn't actually know that it was really cool we actually went to opening night of the first return of this multiverse concert series at the museum of science in boston now you know the museum of science in boston is arguably one of the big moments in my young life that influenced me wanting to get involved in science, even though I didn't necessarily have the math skills at the time to truly be able to apply the science. But the the big ideas of science, the questions, the whys, those were the things that I was really, really interested in, interested in. So the Museum of Science was a great place where you could dive into that. And at the Museum of Science, we were able to go back, was, and we were able to... <clears throat> Experience the Black Hole Symphony, which I just happened to come across. Perfect uh, targeted advertising. Like, whoever was running that advertising campaign got me perfect. And it was, like, maybe a week later, week and a half later. We went on April 24th. It was, I think it was a 7, seven o'clock show, 7.30 show. But parked at the Museum of Science. It was put on by the Center for Astrophysics of the Harvard and Smithsonian and the Black Hole Initiative of Harvard University. And this multiverse concert series is finding all these different ways to put together um, symphonic journeys through space-time, performed by live chamber orchestra, accompanied by stunning immersive planetarium planetarium visuals by the animators of the Charles Hayden Planetarium. So I don't know if you guys have ever been to one of these, but the seats were really comfortable. They You're basically lying almost flat looking at the ceiling because it is a planetarium. The visuals of this show were wild. I mean, if I didn't know that I was sober, I might have thought that I was tripping on something. It was really, really something. Uh, you know, it was funny. I heard some people complaining about the graphics, which is hilarious because, I, I mean, what more could you ask for we have fuzzy images of any of the black holes that we have right it's it's like super the resolution is not great and what you got to see with this black hole symphony was wow they took you through the all the parts of a black hole all the science that we've learned in the last few years 
literal scientists that were involved that got the data that was used to help create this, they were a part of this. So the musicians for that night was the conductor, David Ebert, who was a big part of making this Black Hole Symphony. The soprano, Agnes Coakley-Cox. The flute, Piccolo, was Jessica Smith. The guitarist was Dan Van Hassel. The violinist, Ryan Shannon. And the cello player, Johnny Mock. And it was narrated by Yvette Modestin. All of them did a great job. There was even one of the head... um, I'm not sure what the position is called, but I definitely could see myself in later years doing something like this, where, you know, at the beginning of the show, they showed us how each of the instruments represent a different part of the black hole. They actually have a trailer, so I'm going to play this in the background where we talk about it. But basically, there's a different instrument for every part of the black hole. They spent the beginning of this going through explaining what the instrument represents, the science behind black holes, they presented research, the, I guess, in-house scientist that was there, uh, the communicator, who, and I, I did a great job. I want to go meet him and, and become friends with him, but did a great job. It was cool to see the science, show the music, and then take us through this trip. It was not a long night. It was a lot of fun. And, and you know, electronics mixed in with live instruments and the narrator when you got to certain points i mean like this felt like a an amazing documentary that we all kind of look for right on netflix or whatever for learning about something about space or something like that or cosmos with neil grass tyson right this was a lot of fun so they are touring around the u.s this started in boston it 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 sold out when it was in Boston, and now this year they came back to start the tour in Boston, and now they're heading around the U.S. So if you happen to come across the Black Hole Symphony, go. I really, really can't recommend it enough. And and what's cool about these things is you've got a mix of people who love music, people who are actual scientists, and you've got people who are just science nerds. So definitely go check it out. They did a great job, and I can't recommend it enough. So Black Hole Symphony by the Multiverse Concert Series. My guess is that these are going to be showed at the museums because they're going to need a planetarium, but there may be other planetariums that are out there that uh, you know might be able to put this on. So go check it out. Go look for it. Uh, it was 20 bucks for a ticket. I mean, the amount of value that you get from the Black Hole Symphony way outweighs the $20. So get get to watch this while it's still here. That was a lot of fun. And trying to figure out when to go back. <laughs> Black Hole Symphony. Check it out. We take a break from this episode to talk about our sponsor, Caldera Lab. Now, Caldera Lab is here to help get your men's skin health in order here, okay? So what Caldera Lab does you're getting a great quality product with none of those extra fillers that everything else seems to have, all the plastic that's involved uh, and the synthetic stuff added to these cleansers that probably end up making your skin worse, right? Um, I've been trying Caldera Labs uh, Regimen and Icon Bundle, uh, the clean slate. I use that every morning when I'm in the shower to clean my face. Uh, The base layer, I put that on after 
to make sure that my skin stays hydrated and isn't flaking all day and I'm not brushing off dandruff or or like <laughs> flaky skin throughout the day and it's been great honestly it's been it's been really enjoyable and let's be honest if if you're a guy or a nerd you're listening to this yeah, let's be honest. Are you really taking the next step to take care of yourself? Or are you just kind of like plowing through life and trying to survive? Look, that's okay. But why have to suffer through it, right? So taking care of your skin is a big thing. It's your largest organ, right? And uh, the, the, the instructions here are so simple. That's why we love Manscaped as our other sponsor. This with Caldera Lab is great too because it simplifies taking care of your skin. So what we found was really interesting was with those simple instructions, I realized that like with the clean slate, when I'm washing up in the shower, it says to wash your face and the back of your neck. And I realized when was the last time I washed the back of my neck? Like honestly and uh, purposely it was a very long time, surprisingly long time. And so I point it at you and I say, hey, what about you? When was the last time that you also wash the back of your neck <laughs> and everywhere else and actually took the time to do so. Caldera Lab makes that easy so you don't have to think about it. And they've got great stuff. They're committed to transparency, sustainability, and they say excellence. They're on a mission to make men's skincare around the world better. Clean ingredients and a scientific process to back that up. Use code word space at Caldera Lab. Get 20% off by using the code space. 20% off code word space at Caldera Lab. Join the better skin journey that we're on as well. Uh, by joining us, again, 20% off calderalab.com, code word space. Wash the back of your neck, all right? <laughs> all right, now back to the show. Thank you, Caldera, for sponsoring us. All right, folks, so since the last episode, we saw iSpace attempt to land on the lunar surface to try and be the first private company, uh, organization, uh, non-government entity to land on the surface of the moon. And unfortunately, uh, communications were lost right towards the end of the landing, only within, uh, for, I'll double check here, but at least within a kilometer of the surface. And on Tuesday, uh, unfortunately, it was deemed unsuccessful. But as the CEO, Takeshi Hakamata, said, uh, we're very proud of the fact that we achieved many things during this mission one and you know if you do a little bit more research they've already been paid for other missions for people to take their payloads to the surface of the earth um, because there are people that are willing to pay for that uh, if it's possible now even though it was not a full success uh, it, it it really succeeded in many many ways There's, the images taken were truly incredible there was some video from the bottom of the lander right before they lost contact of it and or I, I think before they really started the descent phase and you know the moon is beautiful and it's it's so I, I I've said this a few times and one of the hardest things when you're looking at video of something getting closer to like an undisturbed or unkept surface on, uh, you know, out there, some extraterrestrial surface, whether it's the moon, whether it's an asteroid, we've seen this plenty of times. When you see the video getting closer, it's so hard to really understand how far away you are. It just, 
it's like a fractal. It just keeps going. And the point where you thought you might be able to touch down, it keeps going. So how did the lander like iSpace uh, keep track of where it was? Now, based on the animations that they were showing, they they basically turned the thrusters in the direction that they were, you know, orbiting the moon so that they can slow themselves down, you know, add the thrust vector against their trajectory to slow themselves down. Then they turned the spacecraft down and they actually had a laser that was supposed to be on board that would shoot down to the surface and then whatever bounced back, that would tell them their distance. Um, now, we don't know if something like that didn't work yet. Really, what we know is that in order for them to have communicated with the lander after landing, that didn't happen. So so something happened. It, it could be that they're unable to communicate anymore, but everything else went fine. It's also possible that it hit way too hard and just destroyed everything. Uh, but there's also plenty of room in the middle for anything to have happened. I, I also, and we're going to do an episode about this, but lunar dust is a big problem. <laughs> it gets on everything. We've seen, you know, historically, the Apollo astronauts, they all dealt with this. And even the best ceiling that we can do, like once it gets on a surface, it's coming with you inside. So the dust goes everywhere. It's just sitting there, right? So these, these are the first times that we're touching any of this. So it's not like it's like the dirt we have outside that, you know, stays down, it's packed down, everything is loose. So any kind of new disturbance, especially thrusters for landing, are going to toss up a bunch of dust. It would be interesting to know, like, what's the topography there? Is that a place where we would expect a lot of, uh, of dust to have flown up? How much of that could have disturbed the lasers that were telling it what its telemetry was? Um, could dust have damaged some electronics uh, as it got closer to the bottom? But, you know, we know that the act of landing on the moon is just straight up difficult. Um, we know that there's been other uh, other countries like Israel sent their private company a few years back uh, to land on the moon, I believe Space IL. And they they had a very similar problem as uh, as iSpace. They apparently, they lost communications with the, with the landers and, you know, in, in Space IL's case, we knew that they hit too hard. We had data for that. But for this one, we don't. So the big question is what happened in that time where we didn't hear anything. And, you know, I've been lucky enough. The reason I found out about iSpace attempting this moon landing is because of someone that I've been following uh, on, on space online happens to work uh, at there. So it was very cool to have that kind of like fun extra thing to say, hey, like I know that person there. Um, they're doing awesome stuff. Like to, to be able to, to think about it as someone that wants to work in space and do really historic things, which are all the things that got us excited about space to even work it in the, in the first place, right? To be able to jump so many other missions that you would have to do beforehand and be involved in a lunar landing attempt uh, so early on in your career or any time in your career. Not many people have ever worked on a, on a lunar landing mission. So I thought it was very, very cool. We love covering stuff that's not just NASA and not just the U.S. 
and Japan should be very proud. Um, and as they as they said, never quit the Lunar Quest. Uh, mission two is coming up. There's going to be a mission three, supposedly, or they have enough money for that. Uh, so hopefully they learn what happened so that on their next attempt they can make the adjustment because everything else leading up to this mission was basically flawless and they were able to return data that not only they can use but amazing images like that image of Earth rising from the surface of the moon with, it was during a solar eclipse. So the moon is getting in the way of the sun and we actually see the shadow of the moon on the surface of the earth like that's amazing stuff and we wish all the team at iSpace all the luck waiting for comms to return after there's no more steps in your in your landing procedure right you have to assume that you've landed you have to wait i mean mars we we've dealt with that right and luckily here in the u.s and with nasa we've been extremely um We've been extremely lucky that the the Martian gods uh, uh, allowed for so many landings to <laughs> to have gone well. And on the moon, as as the old saying says, the moon is a harsh mistress. And you know, you felt for the team in that blackout of comms, waiting to hear anything. And and I can only imagine being on the team and knowing the handful of scenarios that. Uh, of, of things that could have happened, maybe maybe sackful of scenarios that could have happened, and hoping that you get comms. So I really hope that the iSpace team has a good return of data. They figure out what happened, and they're able to take this next step for mission two and really stick the landing. So best of luck, iSpace. It was a fun mission to follow. Uh, also cool to see another like to see the japanese production and it's a mix you know it's a mix of uh you know the japanese culture that definitely dominates that company which is great that makes sense it comes from japan um but also the incorporation of um the english speaking and, and folks from other non-japanese um areas coming together as like a unified team i think that's beautiful i love seeing it and that's it, folks. That's iSpace. Best of luck next time. And let's close this thing out. Let's take a break from this episode to talk about our sponsor, Manscaped. So Manscaped has all the tools you need to get your male grooming done, whether it's your beard or hair, anywhere else in your body. Be the perfect specimen with Manscaped. Look, if you're like me and you work in engineering and you're working hard uh, or wherever you're working, You've got to be prepared for the alien abduction at any time, or if we get any kind of alien visitors. Look, if you're trying to get off this rock and go to another planet, I get it. I understand. But your chances go way up if you're representing humanity well. If you're a good human specimen, then, you know, if, if you're trying to hitchhike across the galaxy here, the only way you're going to get picked up is if you're a good human specimen, right? So let's get the right tools for the job, all right? So manscaped.com. Go there, you co use code word SPACE, get 20% off and free shipping on anything in the store. We've been using the Beard Hedger Pro here to keep our beard nice and full and trimmed up and adjustable throughout the week. One blade, one comb piece, 20 adjustments. There's also the 
Weed Whacker 2.0, which is for the nose and ear hairs. And of course, you've got the Lawnmower 4.0 for everything else. Manscaped.com, code word space, 20% off and free shipping. Represent humanity, do your part, and be ready for an alien hitchhiker to pick you up by going to manscaped.com, code word space. Thank you, Manscaped, for your support. And now back to the show. All right, folks. So we'll close out this episode by opening the SpaceX Starman 3D printed helmet that we sent over to Space United FC for their Yuri's Night. So they were trying to get their mascot, which if you go to spaceunited.com, you can check out what they're all about. They are trying to help with advancing access to space through sports. They're a sports organization founded by space engineers launching a professional football club on Earth that leverages sports global influence to uplift communities while advancing the development of sports in space. So spaceunited.com, go check them out. But uh, our video of us making the Starman helmet on the podcast is what got us in touch with Space United, and we're going to help them make their own. But in order to get it there for Yuri's Night, we decided, hey, let's send ours. You know, it's here. Um, and so we were a little part of Yuri's Night, which was uh, very, very fun. Looking forward to talking to the Space United folks here on the podcast soon. But we have to open ours, and let's see, let's see how it did. All right, so sending, packaging, shipping, 3D printed parts. This is something that I have a uh, strangely large amount of experience with, and you know, when you're shipping something, you obviously want to make sure that it goes in one piece. And if you work in enough places like I have or have your own small business, you ship things a lot. And I happen to work as an applications engineer working on benchmarks, which are parts that basically we're proving to somebody like, hey, you want to spend all this money on these, you know, professional 3D printers. Well, let's pick an item that leverages 3D printing that that would that would show you the ROI of the printer and convince you that it can help you do what you need to do. We had to ship those, so I packaged a lot of parts. Now, plastic parts like this one here are uh, they really need extra protection because of that layer line, right? And like it's plastic. We have a lot of the stuff that we have made for us that's injection molded or made of plastic. A lot of that stuff is built a little bit thicker 3d printed parts can be super thin and you know between the layers is the most weak area so you got to be careful now this box is the box that we had our first real 3d printer the prusa mark Mark II. It was like the, f the really the first workhorse that hit the scene, and I've since upgraded it a lot. So it's definitely been worth its money, and this box got a second life sending the Starman helmet. So, and the Space United folks did a good job of making sure this was sealed, and I got it open. So let's see. Starman Returns. The Prodigal Helmet. All right. 
Look at this. Space United. Thank you, guys. Check this out. Check this out. Goal for launch. Hell yeah, guys. This is great. Thank you. Appreciate it. And we got a sticker. You guys are awesome. And here it is. Starman Returns. Show. It's in good shape. We got it opening. This is great. A successful return of our Starman helmet. Uh, we made some new friends in the process. Space United. Thank you guys uh, for letting us be a part of your um, Yuri's Night celebration. And next year, we're going to be looking to go out there. So that's it for this episode, everybody. Spread love and spread science. 3D printing can help change the world. Having human relationships and meeting cool people is going to help save the world. And if we spread a little love and spread a little science, we can make that happen. So have a good one and be well.